Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's the Round the Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, John Wallace, Marty Collins, Joey Devine, Michael Sweetney, Donnell Harvey, Sean Keane, Frederick Weiss, Dante Jones, Patreons, Sasha, thank you Sasha, Adrian, thank you Adrian, Frank Campbell, thank you Drake, musical guest, Billy Joel, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast. And right off the bat, I should announce we do do an SNL intro. And I should announce that, uh, unfortunately, the robot, the ghost of Don Pardo, my Bill Simmons impression, and our impression of the Lopez twins are leaving this season. Uh, uh, Lorne has dis- <laughs> has called it a season of change. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's only 27 cast members yeah. on Round Ball Ron. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sean, some business. How are- well, first off, God, I almost forgot to introduce you. Uh, that voice you're hearing right now is, of course, America's swim coach, America's uncle dad. He's got an album coming out. You might have heard him on the Daily Zeitgeist this week. You might have heard him on this pot on our Patreon episodes with Big Corbin talking about uh, Tiger Woods's book. It's America's uncle dad, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Did I get all your plugs in? 
Yeah, you did. Thank oh, you. Oh, good. Um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm always pretty good when we get a surprise trade. Ow, ow, ow. Um, but before we get to our guests, we've got we're double double guesting tonight. Uh, yeah. I should just mention some business at Round Rock Pod is our Twitter. Email us at roundrockpod at gmail.com. Um, Patreon.com slash roundrockpod is where you can hear Sean talk to Big Corbin every single week about a tiger, uh, the Tiger Woods book. Mm-hmm. And I have something really dumb and weird that I don't even want to talk about. I'm recording this week with the host of uh, Who Cares About the Rock Hall, Joe Quizala. It's mm-hmm. a surprise, stupid thing. Uh, he doesn't even know what it is yet. And, um, yeah. Uh, let's talk to, first off, to talk about the Donovan Mitchell trade. Let's bring our Utah Jazz correspondent from the Unsalvageable Bulls podcast, from the Brigham Young Money podcast, our friend, Greg Foster. <laughs> All right, Sean. Uh before we have a guest on another guest we have two guests today there was a trade today that's why greg's here we got to talk to him about that so you know what that means it's trade drop time have you ever heard the trade drop greg yes trades that's right we're talking about trades slash cap space urls you remember we talk about cap space all the time in the program slash cap space let them know that you came from us limited time only terms apply protected picks you can even create a beautiful website while listening to this podcast over 140 million people choose wix to create their website create yours today that's wix.com slash woj woj to get 10 percent off rights to euros that are never coming enter code nba at checkout for 20 dollars off your first order Expiring salaries. If you missed it, we launched the Recapables Billions podcast on our Recapables feed. Treating people like they're assets and not people. ZipRecruiter.com slash low post, L-O-W-E post. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Even robots know that basketball is a business, so players shouldn't have feelings because of business. Trades. All right. That's right. His, yes. his personal nightmare is over. Donovan Mitchell is gone. And according to Brian Windhorst, spent the day celebrating running around a golf course getting out of Utah. Um, first off, Greg, before we get to Donovan Mitchell, I want to ask you. Before? <laughs> Yeah, how excited are you for the Lori Markinen era of Utah Jazz basketball? <laughs> Big ass shotgun. <laughs> I'm so excited for Lori Markinen. Like, what we need is another translucent man in Salt Lake City. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's 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 wonderful. I I mean, Another another guy that jazz fans are going to fall in love with and don't have to like use slurs against on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to fit in perfectly. I mean, he's he's from what Finland? Like he'll do great in the snow. Um, yeah, he he likes it up there. He's he's used to like a really white country. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, that should be good for him. I mean, we don't have healthcare here, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if he does die, they will baptize him. So that's he went to high or not high school, but college in Arizona. And I feel like Utah is kind of like a happy medium between like Finland and Arizona. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. A lot yeah, less so binge that, drinking in Utah than either of those two places, though. So, I mean, that's all we have. <laughs> so in this drink, you know, much, got- you know what you have to drink when your beer is 3.2 percent yeah he's I guess gonna be sean, like wow i can drink so much and not get drunk yet i guess sean mentioned tell us who this what the trade is so the the trade uh utah receives three unprotected first round picks two mm-hmm. pick swaps they get Danny Larry just came and um, they get oh and they get <laughs> colin sexton on a four-year 71 million dollar contract mm-hmm. uh greg last year Colin Sexton was playing in Sexland. Mm-hmm. How would you describe the land he has moved to? Well, I'm actually quite excited for the gay sex era. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, yep, yeah, that's pretty good. I, I thought the sex bog. I forgot mm-hmm. Rudy Gay was on the team. Yeah, yeah. The, I don't know. That, like, mar- that market. I don't know. Maybe like it, well, it right? doesn't make me feel very good right now that our backcourt is the sex con. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that at all. Well, I, let's I don't, be honest. I, think, I don't I, think he's gonna be there. No, much I think Colney's gonna be gone here really soon. But yeah, I, like it's it's fine. Like, cool, Colin Sexton. I think it's. I'm excited to like never spell his name right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, like he's a lunatic. That's gonna be fun to watch. Yeah, he's fun for sure. Yeah, like. I, like what I just thinking about this trade and just thinking about the jazz in the future, I think we can all agree that the jazz are going to be dog shit next year. Mm-hmm. They're going to be really bad. I just, I'm here for fun and vibes and zero expectations. I want the polar opposite of what we had as jazz fans last season, which mm-hmm. was like super high expectations that were never met. And just like literally the most, miserable team of my like utah jazz watching experience i like the like i'm i legitimately liked the ty corbin years mm-hmm. more than i liked last year's jazz team it was awful to watch well and you know i i had forgotten how it was not just like a sudden thing at the end of the year basically they were like 29 and 10 at one point and then they were like a below 500 team for the last 45 games mm-hmm. of the year or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, they I think they started off something like 27 and 9. Yeah. And yeah. then ended up like right around 500 afterwards. Yeah. yeah speaking like it was of last just- year's Jazz team, uh Quinn Snyder Halloween coming up. That was what he was most excited for about not coaching the Utah Jazz was Halloween. What you, what's he going to go as, Joey? So we've had some oh, suggestions. I don't remember. Well, some guy said he should go as the angry guy from Daria. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's perfect. That was that's how I would actually like describe him when he was on the uh, the Jazz's bench. Like he had like the one like really weird eye and like the pulsing forehead vein. Yeah, see, I don't think that's costume Halloween costume enough, though. You know what I mean? Like as a guy who's so excited for Halloween, he turned down like a million dollar extension or whatever. I think it's got to be like just like a hobo, you know, your classic hobo or like oh, a can, pirate. 
he could go as like Matthew McConaughey's character in Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. like <laughs> with like multiple vials of cocaine. Oh, that'd be yeah. good. Yeah, 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 I mean he. That's I mean he has those already. Halloween anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's an easy thing for him. He's he has a million like he's he's always been a very like well dressed man. So he can just go to his closet and like get some like. 1980s wolf of wall street suit and like he'll fit that he'll fit that bill perfectly what if he, he goes just as as frank vogel <laughs> like uh <laughs> he probably gets hired before yeah. frank vogel <laughs> i was thinking he could borrow a ghost costume from some of his old neighbors in salt lake city mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't see, uh, listeners, you couldn't see the air quotes Sean put there, but he's implying, let's just say, uh, the clan. All right. um. Uh, But but seriously, are you going to miss? Thank you for the clue about the clan. Yeah. Um, Are you you going to miss Donovan Mitchell? A little bit, yeah. I actually, like, I'm still, like, I'm still, like, I'm I'm still a Donovan Mitchell fan. And I think at the end of the day, he's still, like, a good person and he's a good basketball player. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, I've talked a lot about on unsalvageable, like literally since God, since they, they blew it against the Mavericks, like this team had reached its peak. And like, we knew that this, like this iteration of the Utah jazz wasn't going to get any better. Mm -hmm. And they had Mm -hmm. been found out and everybody knew they couldn't defend outside of Rudy Gobert. And like, you had to survey the landscape of how the, the, the NBA was shifting into, and, and like, how the Utah jazz were currently constructed and realize it wasn't going to work out. And like, I think they made the right move. And like, I think the biggest thing that I'm, I'm really excited about is like, we heard all these stories about like the jazz possibly retooling around Rudy or Donovan or both Rudy and Donovan and, and like trading their ancillary pieces. And I give such like a hat tip to Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck for just saying like, fuck that. That's the wrong thing to do. And blowing it all up and even more so convincing Ryan Smith that the all-star game doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, yeah. you don't have to be the super cool guy. And like the all-star game is still coming to Salt Lake city. You still have this like opportunity to be like Salt Lake ambassador, like Mr. Cool guy, even if you don't have representation for three days in mm-hmm. February. That was the craziest thing to me that that was going to determine the direction I was of the franchise losing my mind when those were the stories coming out just well, because um it is not like a rare thing for there to be an all-star game where there aren't all-stars that's like it's I feel not like that's baseball a thing. i think yeah. like that's a yeah. thing someone started talking about like within the last 10 years yeah there was no talk like i mean not that the warriors had the option of having an all-star but like that year there wasn't any like oh i can't can you believe the all-star games in oakland it's like yeah, you can because there's 12 guys on the all-star team and many teams have multiple all-stars. Like, it's just math, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Um. So, Greg, I wanted to ask you, you brought up that you're going to miss Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you, who are you going to miss more, Donovan or Rudy? Oh, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think, like, it's, I think part of it is, like, Rudy's just such a weirdo. Mm-hmm. And I find him much more fascinating. Mm-hmm. He's also just like a better basketball player. 
and like much more impactful. And that's not like, I don't mean that as like a slight to Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan Mitchell is a really good player. Like you're not, you don't find guys who put up 25, five and five mm-hmm. every night and like has like legitimate playoff bona fides. Mm-hmm. Like a guy mm-hmm. who's dropped like multiple 50 point games and 40 point games in the playoffs. Like he's a really good player, but like, that was weird. Yeah. What was that? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, uh, that's uh, Ryan yeah, Smith. Is but like if tapping, I'm, that's if <laughs> Ryan Smith has your podcast lines tapped. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, the NSA is in Utah, so. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I think like, yeah, I just think that Rudy's like the more interesting guy and as well as like the better basketball player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I well, mean, they both now- cry publicly. Yes, they do. Yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> and like, I don't know. I think Rudy's really handsome. <laughs> All right. He's a good looking uh- <laughs> guy. I mean, I, I just think it, it just wasn't worth it's like a It's like a marriage where no one's like at fault. Yeah, I re- I remember tweeting out last year watching this jazz team that like it was like watching your parents like in the early early process of the divorce. Mm-hmm. And the jazz really have not been like bad bad for 10 years. Well, and just like in a divorce, Colin Sexton is essentially like a shitty version of Donovan Mitchell, right? Yeah. He's like Oh, he's short and he refuses to pass to the big men and he shoots every time he touches the ball. Yeah, it's he's like a, the same guy. He's, he's a rebound shooting guard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah he's like he's like Diet Coke Russell Westbrook. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's like, but he's like little and he's funny looking and he, you know, he played four on five that one game in college and was yeah, still when, scoring at points. Like, like, you just want a guy who's who. Like he, he still is, he's going to be really mad at Cleveland. And I like that. And, and he made Kevin Love so infuriated that he did two of the weirdest basketball plays of all time. (laughs) And it happened twice, two years in a row. (laughs) He's so so frustrating. It is a number one option. Like honestly, I'm, I'm all in on like trading all the veterans except for Jordan Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I want be I want Jordan Clarkson and Colin Sexton to shoot forty five yeah. times a game. <laughs> yeah. Like you, if you want you want Victor Wembanyama, you get those people. You like you get those two shooting eighty five. They will shots literally fight each other over the ball in the middle yeah. of the game. It'll though. be it'll be awesome. Who has? Do you know who has the single game Utah Jazz scoring record right now? Because it would be amazing if it's Jordan Clarkson got that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think could, it's like 60, could, 62 or something. It might be too high for him, but I, why not? If he took thirty-five shots and fifteen of them were threes, you never know. Like he could have like a Kobe retirement game, especially yeah. like the end of the season when no one gives a shit. Yeah, I say <laughs> go for it, man. Yeah, I mean, look. All I know is Jordan Clarkson is the perfect version of Terrence Ross West. Hell yes. So uh, <laughs> I I cannot tell you guys how much I love Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. Now now besides Jordan Clarkson, what other member of the of the current Utah Jazz roster are you excited to watch next? Can time? I Google it really quickly? Did they yeah, cut Eric? Did, did, did they cut <laughs> Eric Pascal yet? Because Sean and I can... Eric Pascal is is 
he signed a deal with uh, with Minnesota. He's going to go oh, play with right. Rudy again. Yeah. Well, that's too bad because Sean and I uh, watched Eric Pascal on a team that won 14 games, and uh, he was the most fun part. Yeah, it was yeah. Really cool. I thought he was one of the more fun parts of the Jazz last season. <laughs> He's like a time-traveling player. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's just yeah. like you could see a time when Eric Pascal would have led like a Mississippi State team to the Final Four in 1995. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just – just like feed him and let him he's, he's not big enough or fast enough for the real NBA, but he's got some yeah, moves, man. He, you know? he would be like, he would be like in college. He would be like Kirkland signature, Charles Barkley. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's also very clearly like you could put him on like the Patrick Ewing Knicks team and it'd be like, He'd be like a fan favorite forever. Where it'd be like, yeah, oh, he came in and scored twelve points in a game where they scored seventy-two and won by five. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and like jazz fans, like he was an instant favorite for for Utah jazz fans. Like we kind of have a love affair for those kind of guys, like Matt Harpring, uh, uh-huh. Damari Carroll, Trevor mm-hmm. Booker, yeah, Antoine Carr. If you go back to like the you know the, the Stockton Malone days, we we love a lunch pail guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you and know what? Eric, Eric Pascal, Pascal kind of like a a non-white Matt Harpering, actually, in that they're both really buff. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like unusually so, where you're like, how'd that happen? And you Matt Harpering used to come to the to the gym I used to work out in in college. He's like crazily jacked. Yeah. He also feels like a guy who exclusively would work out with like a tire. A big log, like oh, a yeah, yeah, like the wall, yeah, 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 like the Rocky Four workouts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah exactly. I can see that. Like, I yeah. like it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. I don't really keep tabs on on Matt Harpring anymore, <laughs> uh, but like, it would not surprise me if he was like a big CrossFit. I'm guy. surprised yeah. he's not the Jazz TV guy. It feels like. He was so bad, dude. Uh, yeah, well, he's, I don't he think he's beloved so... anywhere, Joey. <laughs> um, okay, so they've got Malik Beasley. What is uh? I'm guessing marijuana is not legal in the state of Utah. We're working on it. Okay. Like no, you, you, you and Jordan Me, personally. Jordan, yeah. no, I'm, saying that as if, I'm saying that as if Malik Beasley is a pothead and he clearly did have instructions on how to use a bong mm-hmm. when the cops raided he his had house. Ins- yeah. Never forget he had, ins- he, it was written down on a piece of paper in his safe how to smoke weed. By the um, way, can I, can I just uh, plug this in right now? Uh, our man Montrez Harrell. He's, yeah, he's yeah. safe from the law. Thank he played God. no contest. They made it a misdemeanor. Going to be expunged for his record. In he's going to be awesome and awesome for the Jazz this next yeah. year. <laughs> I'm dead ass serious, man. Like, yeah, why that's not? That's the one Mon thing we need is like a veteran Jackson? center. Like he'd yeah. be perfect. Just coming and eating all the time. Like, yes. like their defense is going to be terrible. You might Who as well cares? play him at center. Yeah. I, like that's my favorite thing about them, watching this team next year. I don't have any expectations. They yeah. could go 17 and 65 and I will be like a pig and shit. They actually have a lot of fun. Like Jared Vanderbilt's pretty fun. Fun. Yeah. Um, I think that big white center is actually going to be Walker fun. Kessler Ranger. Like he might be terrible, but he's definitely like fun. Yeah, like he's a big I th- white I th- shot blocking seven two dude. Yeah, dude, I think Auburn? he's like he's like yeah. a. I don't know. I feel like his ceiling is like a slightly worse version of Jakob Pertl, which is a decent NBA that's still player. Fun. That's still fun. Yeah, that's yeah. still a fun, good basketball player. I, I would think be, he could be happy what, I, with that. I think he could be what I thought Cole Aldrich was going to be coming out of college, which is actually an NBA player, <laughs> like white and good. <laughs> yeah, 
well, I guess he he was one of those guys that just was like off the charts with the pre-draft metrics. And yeah. then the guys were like, we need to adjust for our height a little more than we have. Because um, they're like, he's the most efficient shooter in college. And it's like, yeah, all his shots were three feet, three from the feet away on a yeah. loaded college team. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but never forget in that documentary MCA made about the Rucker Park game. Cole Aldrich wins the MVP at Rucker Park. Hell yes. <laughs> Something um, we should all aspire to. All right, Greg, there's one last thing I want to ask you about. Unless, Sean, why don't you go first? Is there anything you anything else you want to ask, talk to Greg about before we let him uh, go? Are you excited about... Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing right now that the Jazz now have three unprotected 2029 picks. And I was thinking about that, and then... I started laughing because I realized that um, these are seventh graders. They traded for three yeah. seventh graders. This yeah. summer. <laughs> oh, actually, I do want to I do want to ask you one thing, Greg, because I yes. I sort of feel like this is perfect for me personally, because both Danny Ainge and the New York Knicks somehow lost this trade. Uh, sure. Did you see what Shams put, uh, tweeted out earlier today? Um, about uh, what which, the which Knicks had offered. Was that the Woj tweet or the Shams tweet? Oh, it's Woj, sorry. Uh, in July, New York offered Utah R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and three unprotected first-round picks. And Danny which, like, said no. And now he has Laurie Markkinen. Are we sure this isn't Leon Rose throwing a shit fit? I mean, I don't know. Leon Rose... No, no, it's not, because here's the thing. <laughs> Danny Ainge, he's addicted to two things, Chipotle and draft picks. Yeah. Well, and and I there's do, not I, enough picks in that deal. Well, it's the I, two I pick think, swaps that he got. I do think you're exactly right. And I do know for a fact, like definitively, that the Jazz wanted and prioritized picks over everything else. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they don't want like win now, guys. They don't even really want like, semi good players i mean they, they they just they picked up stanley johnson and talon horton tucker mm -hmm. like those are their like big like acquisitions this summer <laughs> right you know like no i they're, guess they're... my point is just that those three guys don't really affect winning but also they're probably better than most of those picks are gonna be sure yeah i i mean um <laughs> i don't know like i can go through i actually wrote it down today like the the haul that the jazz got for Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Mm -hmm. And I just have a really hard time complaining about it. Yeah, sure. it's, it's so much stuff. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I, let, me, normally... let, me, let me read this off to you guys. Just, like, come yes. on. Please, a guy please. named Obadiah Toppin could have been playing in Salt Lake City. That would have been, yeah, that would have been awesome. But He sounds like Joseph Smith's friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would have been, uh, been Porter like Rockwell's really too. good friend. Yeah. <laughs> So, so th this is what I, I wrote down, and, and the Jazz and turned Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell into six unprotected first-round picks, one protected first-round pick, three first-round pick swaps, the number 14 and number 22 draft picks from the 2022 draft, which is uh, Ogbaji and Walker Kessler, Colin Sexton, like Lori Market, and Talon Horton Tucker, Stanley Johnson, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and Leandro Balmero. Mm -hmm. So it's like... Again, I have like a really hard time fair like like feeling bad about that. Like sure, I would have loved 
to like cheer for Mitchell Robinson and RJ Barrett. Like mm-hmm. that would have been great. But like, I just, I don't know. I don't care. I don't fuck the Knicks. Fair enough. It's so many, it's so many guys too. Like, it's, it's like, just, it, it's such a, like a hilarious, like embarrassment of riches. Yes. Yes. I agree with well, that. Hypothetical, like, riches. hypothetical, hypothetical, riches. Fine. <laughs> hypothetical embarrassment of riches. Cause just don't forget uh what a lot of those nets picks turned into um, well i mean like yes, there's he- a there's a seventh grader out there right now who's going to be the next jalen brown yeah but one of them is also going to be the next romeo langford i'm um, really looking forward to that it's gonna be like we have a g league team in salt lake city i'm gonna need something to watch there um okay and the last thing i wanted to ask you greg yeah is now that this era is over where do Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell rank on the greatest jazz players of all time? I mean, off the top, probably number three and four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only wow. guy who comes Kirilenko to mind. shade, huh? Kirilenko <laughs> is my all time favorite jazz man. I'm just, this is, I am having journalistic integrity here, folks. Yeah. I, I don't think Andre Kirilenko ever made like an all star team. He made one all star team mm-hmm. as like a reserve mm-hmm. and played like, he scored one bucket and played like 17 minutes. Yeah. Are but, they, are they, but both he cheated on than... his wife with a hall pass so hard that so night. So many times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah does all star weekend count as like one whole hall pass? Yeah. Maybe. I would um, assume, right? But okay, yeah, I think uh, it has Darren to go. Williams. Do that is 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 that's, Donovan Mitchell better than Darren Williams? That's that's really hard. That's the, that's know. the only one that I'm kind of having trepidation about. I, I don't think, think like close otherwise. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think it's pretty definitive that the top three are the QAnon guy, the pedophile, and Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that's true. Yeah, and then it's like it, it's almost like a four A four B kind of thing for me. Mm-hmm. But it's like. I don't know. I feel like Donovan's peak, like Donovan, I think is the better individual player than, than Darren Williams. Darren Williams got at least got the jazz to a Western conference. Okay, now I kind of want to hear the rest of the 10. Wait, wh- who are the rest of the 10? That's well, what I'm asking. What... So under Darren Williams, then who like Kirilenko, Boozer, 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 Paul Millsap, <laughs> Uh, Adrian Okor, Dantley, Adrian uh, Dantley, uh, so the Mark all-time, Eaton, the all-time Eaton, top yeah. twelve, Adrian Maravich, Adrian Dantley's probably up there, right? Yeah, Adrian Dantley's up there. Pete what Maravich, about Jeff Hornacek. He's probably like ninth or tenth. You know who's mm-hmm. seventh in win shares all time? Who's that? Derek Favors. <laughs> Derek Favors was really fucking good before his back <laughs> got destroyed. Um, I was convinced I was convinced there was a season uh, early on when like he was I think it was his first year starting where he like put up like 16 and 8 and was shooting at like almost a 60% Mm -hmm. clip and I was convinced he was going to be an all-star and he was still somehow 17 Derek Favors was was like was so young for so long (laughs) yeah I was I was convinced that he was actually going to be the guy on the on that team and not Gordon Hayward Mm-hmm. Is he in the top ten? No way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hayward? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I think Hayward's in the top ten. He was the best <laughs> player of that era of the Jazz. Is Mark- he better than Mark Eaton? No. Yeah. Paul Millsap. Mark Eaton was really fucking. Is he good. better than Paul Millsap? 
his stint with the Jazz was better. I think that mm-hmm. Millsaps probably had the better career. Yeah. Okay. He's made less um, money somehow. Paul Millsap has made way less money than Gordon Hayward yeah. probably somehow. Well, we're gonna have oh. we're gonna have to go to the official, the most important stat. Mm-hmm player efficiency rating which tells us that adrian dantley adrian dantley's number one malone's two gobert stockton boozer number six the sixth greatest jazz of all time greg is al jefferson number seven is donnie god Marshall. i hated the al jefferson year so much and then uh number eight is uh john drew Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> that is the guy that was, you know, I was just about to mention him. Of he played three seasons in Utah and then he was suspended for substance abuse. <laughs> um, and then, uh, the, yeah, the rounding out the top 10 are, of course, uh, Derek Favors <laughs> and uh, Andre Karolenko. Well, and who do you know who the all time leader in offensive rating is, Joey? Hmm. Okay, it's going to be some kind of shitty point guard. No, it, um, it is. It is a guy with ties to the Warriors. Wait, uh, when did Anthony Randolph play for the Jazz? <laughs> <laughs> it is Ekpe Udo. Udo. Oh, hilarious! Um, the the all time leader in offensive rating for the Utah Jazz. <laughs> he was really good in the one season where he played eight minutes a game. Yeah, and he was like forty two. Um, because yeah. he'd played in Europe for three years <laughs> and was also drafted at 32. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Craig, thank you so much for coming on. And thank always, you for me. I have this feeling there's not going to be some jazz news for a while, so you're getting a round ball break, probably. Well, well, no, well, the jazz are going to trade Conley and Bogdanovich before training <laughs> yeah. camp. Mark my words. Um, where can our listeners find you online? You- you can follow me on Twitter at Dad Sham Dad, mm-hmm. and you can you you can listen to Brigham Young Money and Unsalvageable. Yep, nice, uh, perfect. Love you, Greg. Have fun at Disneyland tomorrow. Greg is a Disney well. adult. That's how you know he was born in this Utah. This is how you know I'm from Utah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, boys. That was a lot of fun. Thanks, Greg. Bye. Thank you so much, Greg. Now, look. Normally, two trade two teams would be involved in a two team trade, but we decided mm-hmm. we needed to talk to the fan of a a person of 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 the team that wasn't even involved in this trade at all mm-hmm. to talk but about still made history this week. Yeah, <laughs> to talk about the Knicks and what happened there with Donovan Mitchell. Let's uh, talk he's to. A, yeah, he's ahead. a clown. Yeah, he's an experimental. Let's... He's he's performed theater in the nude. Mm-hmm. He has. Uh, Let's talk to our friend Bob Silverman. All right, we're here with Bobby Silverman, Big Bob, uh, clown, former actor, <laughs> writer for Good Deadspin, not bad Deadspin, yeah. uh, Politico, uh, The Daily Beast, Dave um, Portnoy's nemesis. Yeah, Dave Portnoy's nemesis. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Dave and I are going to go like. Hang out and try pizza later tonight. We're very oh. good friends. <laughs> uh, but most importantly, disgruntled Nick's man. Um, I'm gruntled. Let me go. Go, 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 go. Right off the bat, I am fully gruntled. No one denies this. Um, yes, I'm a Nick's man. Oh, hi. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, 
Donovan Mitchell was traded. Well, we oh, we want to talk about the real great Knicks news first. Oh yeah, go they ahead. Finally, they finally signed a first round pick to an extension. The first the one. The Charlie Ward curse is broken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those unfamiliar with like deep Knicks lore, they have not signed a first round draft pick to a multi-year second contract since the immortal Charlie Ward. Uh, the winner of the Heisman Trophy in 1993. Well, right. I, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought that up, Bob, because Sean here would like to run you through a list of things. Oh, we're going to remember some guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, that's what we're doing. Let's, let's talk about guys. the immediate stuff, and then I'll run you through okay. the list. All right, all right. Okay, is that okay? okay. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Whatever uh, you guys want. I'm just... But yeah, it, 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 uh, so they gave... Uh, they gave RJ Barrett this contract extension four years for $120 million. Up to up to $120 million. <laughs> Best case Nick scenario, $120 million, 107 guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, very not, Bobby Marks. So the Knicks, the Knicks are now all in on their core of Brunson, Barrett, and mm-hmm. Randall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bunsen, Baird, and uh, Obi Toppin. I think is Obi Toppin. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know yeah. who this Randall guy is. <laughs> so, my first question is: Who do you think will coach these guys after Tom Thibodeau was fired? Johnny Bryant. Johnny Bryant. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. It's it's obviously Johnny Bryant. <laughs> Johnny Bryant, because the Knicks are already preparing to sign Donovan Mitchell as a free agent when he decides he does not want to be in Cleveland anymore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in 2025. Everybody knows this. Speaking of Donovan Mitchell, um, I kind of thought that with the Barrett deal, it was like, well, you know, it's not it's not really that much money. He's pretty young. He scored 20 points this year. It's not like there's any trade options out uh, there for the no, Knicks. No, look, look, signing, signing Barrett makes a lot of sense. He uh it's they didn't give him the max the max they could have given him was five years, 193 million. They did mm-hmm. not come close to that. Mm-hmm. I mean he I think he'd be in like he that is an that is the average going weight rate for a cromulent mm-hmm. wing that is a totally fine <laughs> yeah anytime you can sign a um guard don't, skill don't, don't. marvin williams you gotta do it uh anytime you can sign in a in one particularly sad and and usually incredibly bitter Nick's group chat I'm in. We've been coming up with all kinds of names for RJ. I think the best nickname was someone said he's like Adrian Dantley, but without the skill sets mm-hmm. to oh. score. <laughs> um, and so we called him Adrian Faintly, I think mm-hmm. is the name that we came up with for him. I I have described him in the past, I believe, as uh, uh, what if Harrison Barnes could sort of dribble? Um <laughs> I think the other one with for a particularly rude RJ hater referred to him as RJ Bahomet. Bahomet. That a fair? He's got some Maggetti energy to him. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can see the path to him being a near like a borderline all star wing is probably his mm-hmm. peak. Mm-hmm. I, I think if if this not to not to get deep into RJ Barrett talk, but I like RJ. I, I root for RJ to succeed. He's a he's a good kid. He tries hard. He's Canadian, mm-hmm. um, so you got to give him credit for that. And uh, he's I, I I think signing him is fine. It's it's good. Well, I do, I I do think I would have possibly traded him for Mitchell. But that being so. I well, do think there's 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 a certain value to the Knicks finally just doing like. 
boring things yes. instead of crazy things where it's like, eh, we don't really know about this guy, but uh, you usually would extend the number three pick in the draft. We're just going to extend him. Like, are you going to so- trade any future first round picks? Yes. Like, well, not yet. Uh, this is this is the thing that most Knicks, Knicks fans have for years, and, and by Knicks fans, I mean definitely me, have really would have preferred them to be a normal bad team <laughs> instead of you know a punchline mm-hmm. and very strange a strange punchline. Mm-hmm. So extending RJ, whether it is a good thing or a bad thing, and who knows, it is pretty normal. I think you're right. I I I would say normally yes, but uh, the signing was part of a a strange ultimatum where uh, Leon Rose almost was going to trade for Donovan Mitchell with the Jazz, and then apparently told Danny Ainge, uh, "You've got to complete this trade by Monday, or else I'm going to give R.J. Barrett 120 million dollars." That's called negotiating, baby. That well, is a weird hostage situation. Yes. Like, I'm going to sign this check. Don't make yeah. me sign this check. Well, yeah. the, the question I wanted to ask you about this, Bob, is uh, have you ever um, issued an ultimatum that involved, like, stepping on a rake, essentially? Because that's what happened here. <laughs> <laughs> you better not make me step on this rake. <laughs> no, but I have seen the movie Blazing Saddles where Cleavon Little held a gun to his own head. Yeah, that's yeah, a- that is essentially what he was doing here. <laughs> uh, it is weird. I mean, there's a, I was reading Loge's blog on the trade negotiations, mm-hmm. and, and evidently... RJ was in the deal and it was going to include two unprotected firsts, two pick swaps, two seconds. Evan Fournier was going to be shuffled off to a third team. Mm-hmm. And then at the last minute, Danny Ainge was like, no, I want Quentin Grimes too. And he said, no, well, that was the, that and was then the I believe Sham said today, the sticking point then became a third first round pick that the Knicks were yeah. unwilling to give up. Were which, to give up. They have so many first-round picks, you'd think they'd probably I, want to I, give that up. If you were expecting a teeth-gnashing, garment-rending Knicks fan in this pod, you're not getting it, guys. <laughs> I'm honestly, look, for decades now, and, and I'm not going to bring up the Carmelo Anthony trade, he said, bringing up the Carmelo Anthony trade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it is a good thing for the Knicks to show that they're willing to walk away from a situation when they have a price point mm-hmm. and saying, no, we're not going, we're not going past that. And the, the, uh, to me, I would have convinced myself that this was a good thing. I would mm-hmm. have bought into it because I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I seemingly would have been forced to watch Knicks games. Talk about holding someone, holding yourself hostage. But um, <laughs> To me, this a, a Knicks team that would be built with a starting five of Brunson, Mitchell, Barrett, Randall, and Mitchell Robinson had a real whiff of some of those mid-2000s Knicks teams with Marbury, Steve Francis, Quentin Richardson, 
Zach Randolph and Eddie Curry as the center. Of well, them. there's sort of a problem with that analogy in that Jalen Brunson is not as good as any of those people you named. Um, He's better than Steve <laughs> Francis. Sure, I just mean historically, Steve Francis. Steve <laughs> Francis, Marbury on the downside, a still pouting Zach Randolph. I never was Eddie Curry. I think Jalen Brunson. I just mean prime, better. prime those guys, not watch yeah, those guys. Yeah, but they do prime those guys. I mean, I kind of, I kind of look. I kind of hate Donovan Mitchell, so I can't Me be too. that mad at the Knicks here because he is the, the only NBA player whose dad works for the Knicks, though. Gotta give him that. It's a really good point. Um, <laughs> selling point. I'm not. Uh, don't make me bring Timmy Trumpet into this. He is the oh, yeah. only. Oh my God! Uh, I, Bob, can I tell you? I was aware of that song and the entrance music, but I did not know that there was really a recording artist named Timmy Trumpet. And so when I started to see it on Twitter, I thought this was like maybe an autistic adult who brought a trumpet no, to Nick no, to Mets games. No. They're like, Timmy Trumpet, all this fan favorite. It was like, oh no, he's he's like a millionaire recording artist <laughs> That's from right. Australia. That's and right. his name is Timmy Trumpet. <laughs> like tweaked out Australian who's now suddenly a Mets super fan. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Timmy Trumpet is like the name of a guy who gets kicked off America's Got Talent. Um, yeah, yeah, and he's not even like they full audition. It's just the shame portion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay, Bob, are you ready to remember yeah. some Knicks first round? Well, first okay, off, so my, point oh, yeah, is, my point is that I agree with you that it was I, I would have got I would have I would have said, OK, let's see what happens. It'll be fun. I I think what the Knicks saw was that because Utah didn't have any other we thought legitimate suitors for Mitchell, they could get him at a relatively reduced price mm-hmm. as time passed. It became clear that that was not the case. There will be other stars available. They still have their big, fancy grab bag of, you know, protected Milwaukee picks to offer up to whatever the next star is who wants to move. Mm-hmm. Um, I am I am, uh, I am, am fine with the Knicks moving forward with the team as constructed. They're a fringe play-in team, and that's okay. That's well, fine. I just want to move. I would, move. I'm fine. I would say, um, the, look, the last time you were on this podcast, Bob... We made you yeah. listen to James Dolan's music you for like did. two straight hours. You um, did. <laughs> I, I have come to realize something. Speaking of James Dolan, I have come to realize that that the youths who root for the Knicks now, of which I'm, you know, I'm a little too old to be considered a, a rude teen anymore. They do not share my animosity towards James Dolan. They do mm-hmm. not even share your animosity towards James Dolan. Well, they, they should. Um, but they don't. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know, man. <laughs> Uh, they, well, in fact, they have decided that the fake news media is out to slander the good James Dolan name. I swear to you that this is true, that the Knicks, there is a segment of Knicks fandom that thinks the problem with the reason the team can't get itself, you know, can't figure out a way to build a consistent winner is that the me, that the tabloid papers mm-hmm. keep, and Stephen A. Smith keep dunking on them too hard. Well, they should Google Isaiah Thomas. Um, no, they're not going right. to do that. They only look up news on TikTok these days. That's true. Um, but the reason I bring it up is you gotta first get off, the straight shot on TikTok, Joey. Yeah. First <laughs> off, Bob, I wanted to tell you that episode. A funny thing about that episode is I can go into our analytics and see where the downloads occurred. 
And okay. there were 60 downloads from Westchester, New York, where normally we get zero. Um, <laughs> uh, are, you, are, you trying to get him, are you trying to get him uh, oak lead? Uh, no, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I think uh, people on the Knicks had to listen to that episode. Who People who worked sure for the Knicks did. had to I, listen to that episode. I am not going to, I'm going to keep it, I'm going to play this a little slide, but let's just say that I have had an occasion as a as a qualified member of the Fourth Estate to mm-hmm. to have certain run-ins with the Knicks front office, and they're not. Uh, I'm they're I'm certain the guys who cover the team on a day-to-day basis have had many, many, many more. But uh, it was made clear to me that that I was not their favorite person mm-hmm. at a certain point for some some blogs that I may have written and said some things about. So. That's awesome. They're, well, they're, they're, they're watching uh, Round Ball Rock and Tarrytown. Yeah. That's the best news. <laughs> Love it. The, the other reason I brought it up is I do think uh, from that album we listened to, James Dolan might have something that Knicks fans could take away from here. Uh, I've pulled it, and here we go. Oh, God. Because bees can give you honey, but honey, they can sting you too. Um, all right. <laughs> that's Bees enough can of bring that. You honey, and they can sting you too. Uh huh. Yep. That's that's a factual statement. Mm-hmm. There are no lies. It's that's also the... about draft picks, I think. Um, yeah. All right. Um... <laughs> wow. Metaphors. Can't believe you played. I had to listen to that podcast. That was so. That was awful, and you did it again. Hate you. Ugh. All right, Bob, are you uh, rem- are you ready to remember? Yeah, we're going to remember some Knicks guys, and I'll, yeah. I'll tell you my thoughts on any of them because I remember them all. Okay, uh, so in 1996, we've got three first-rounders. We have John yeah, Wallace. Walter McCarty, John Wallace, and Dante Jones. Yes, now note, all three of those players were in the Final Four in 1996. If you're wondering yes. how much college tape uh, the Knicks front office was worth watching back then. Well, yeah, uh, my favorite thing about those three guys is they're also all in He Got Game. Um, wow, they are. True. Yeah. Yeah, they were all. Oh, oh Spike Cast. Right. Okay. right. Spike so, Cast, all the Knicks graphics, and Travis Best. Yeah, got to a, be like Jesus Shuttlesworth's friends. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I had high hopes for John Wallace. He was a, he was a fine 22-year-old. He's a cool dude. Still, yeah. probably. He was cool yeah. at 22. I bet he's cool now. He's a broadcaster, right? MSG? No. Oh, okay. I don't think so. Okay. No. <laughs> you, can, you can tell me the year, and I can probably remember who the next draft is. I don't know. This is... Okay, okay. Uh, 1997. He was the uh, 25th pick in the draft. John Thomas. That's correct. Never played for the Knicks. No, and it's it's a, a it's a euphemism for the male genitalia. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah. <laughs> now he and the, he Dante Jones and Walter McCarty uh, turned into the immortal Chris Mills who, Chris, when he was Chris. on the Warriors. Uh, tried to fight the Blazers team bus. Yeah, he drove his car to the Oakland airport following the team bus with a gun. And um, that sounds like. Perfect Nick. Yeah, did yeah. he pull his car in front and try to block it yes. or something? He also did that, yeah. Yeah. You can um, tell yeah, it's pre-9-11 because they didn't even get arrested uh, blocking a team bus and bringing a gun to the airport. All right. Chris, Chris Mills was part of the Knicks' attempt to build 
something that resembled a bench behind uh, to support an aging Patrick Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. And they brought in Chris Mills and Chris Dudley that year. And it all fell horribly. It all fell apart because Ewing broke his hand and missed mm-hmm. pretty much the entire season. So there was a lot of playing a wash Terry Cummings at center that year. The Knicks mm-hmm. invented small ball that year. Very few people know that. Which is yeah, weird be. because they'd fired Don Nelson three years before. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, he quit. He didn't, they didn't fire him. He quit. <laughs> he just had enough. He was like, I'm out. In the, in the Chris Herring book, there's an amazing uh, part where I guess Don Nelson, it's the last game he coaches as a Nick. And it's halftime and he's like supposed to give them a speech. And he just says out loud, I'm so sick of assholes. <laughs> Basically, like Don Nelson, had he wanted to run the entire offense through Anthony Mason. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. alienated Ewing and thus the rest of the team. And I think history has shown us that Don Nelson was right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. History so, always uh, shows that Don Nelson was right. All right, keep going. Yeah. Mark uh, Cuban, next... he called it first. That guy's a piece of shit. All right. Um. <laughs> uh, so your next, um, your next draft year draft is nineteen ninety nine. Who the draft in ninety nine? Ooh, number fifteen pick in the draft. Yeah, they picked uh, Frederick Rice. They over did Ron Artest that year. Another guy who never played a game for the Knicks. No, Frederick Rice's story is actually, is actually really sad. There's a story that uh, I forget which Times writer, they're, they're, like they went back to Frederick Rice had a tough life, and being known for as the guy that Vince Carter dunked on in the Olympics hasn't done him any good. So, right, yeah. um, poor guy. The immortal Frederick Weiss. It's it's become a it's become a thing now where now that we're all woke, we have to be like, oh, we were mean to that guy. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have to feel bad for Manti Teo now. Um. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> Cry me a river, snowflake. <laughs> There's a funny moment in that documentary where they talk about him walking out in the ocean and crying after yeah. he doesn't get picked in the first round, and uh, they make. Now Monty Teo uh, reenact that. Yes, that was great because <laughs> they have B-roll footage. That was and, then great. He, and then he gets picked thirty-eight. It's like he doesn't—he doesn't really fall that far. Like, like it's—he's still a pretty high, like a reasonably high pick for right. like a linebacker who wasn't good at running. You know, like that's uh, all right. Um, Look, in 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 twenty twelve, you could still draft a sort of uh, a middle linebacker who is built like you know. An industrial fridge mm-hmm. and 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 get away with that in the first round. Yeah, yeah. All, All right. right. Uh, you go have... on. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go uh, on. You've got, you've got a third first round pick in a row that never plays for the New York Knicks. Uh, he's the number twenty two pick in twenty in two thousand. Oh gosh, I remember this. And that was the year. Uh, the twenty pick in two thousand never played for the Knicks. Give me, can you give me a college or a hint of some kind? Uh, well, he he was immediately traded with John Wallace to get Eric Strickland. To get Eric Strickland. He also has a name that oh. sounds like he's a king of comedy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm drawing a blank. So I'm Florida to... University of Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, 6'8", 220. Yeah, uh, no, I know, the, I know the type. I just can't 
the name is, this I'm is drawing a this blank. is donnell harvey oh yeah right yeah uh, he was the he was a, a CBA slam dunk champion later in his sure it's got that that's mm-hmm. uh, he also he also once played this is the best team on his resume I think he played for a bunch of NBA teams but he also had two stints with the talking text tropang texters which are uh, their their own and that's what I call company in the Philippines channel. that's <laughs> yeah. like a, that's like an acting warm up Bob does right yeah. now yeah uh, <laughs> talking textropan text texters <laughs> my mistress with a monster <laughs> uh, okay you're next <laughs> uh, your next guy this is in 2002 another first round pick the seventh pick in the 2002 draft also never played a game for the Knicks <laughs> The seventh pick in the 2002 NFL, the NBA draft mm-hmm. never played for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. They must have traded him very mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. give me one more hint. I can't believe I'm uh, the guy that was that he was traded for. Um, ultimately, only played 18 games with the New York Knicks, though he was. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! This is Nene. This is Nene. Yeah. Yeah. Antonio McDyess proceeded to miss the entire night. Yeah, he was doing great that preseason, and then he blew out his knee while playing like 35 minutes in a meaningless preseason oh. game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and classic he, Nick thing. And then he was part of the uh, the Marbury trade. Yeah, they traded the seventh pick. They got back Frank Hart, Frank Williams, though, that year, who was mm-hmm. the Denver address, the immortal Frank Williams <laughs> from Illinois. It was Nene and Marcus Canby. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Mark Antonio Jackson, Mc- I think. And Mark Jackson for Antonio McDice. Mm-hmm. It's I was, crazy. I was, I was acting in a play, and I heard about it <laughs> from, from I think, my dad, who came to see the play that night, and he told me, oh, by like, after the show was over, he's like, oh, by the way, the Knicks traded Camby. He was very upset mm-hmm. about that. Didn't care yeah. about the play. I couldn't believe that Mark Jackson, looking back on this, I was like, he was back on the Knicks that late? The Knicks, yeah. They traded a first-round draft pick, and Chris Childs to get Mark Jackson for a a doomed playoff run in 2001 when they got waxed by the Raptors when Marcus Candy's sister got kidnapped. And so he, he, he wasn't able to play in the playoffs. Well, wasn't oh that wasn't that trade to the Jazz, I believe, because Mark Jackson was doing uh, locker room lawyer stuff, trying to say he was uh, he should be the starter over John Stockton, which is the he, funniest thing about Mark Jackson. Nuggets, I think the Nuggets released him at that point, but yes, he was <laughs> insinuating that he should that, he like, should be starting in Utah over John over Stockton. <laughs> he tried to anoint John Stockton with some essential oils, and <laughs> that didn't go over well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that okay. So 2003, this is another top. This 10 is the Mike Sweetney year. Mike yeah. Sweetney. I actually wrote a I wrote a one act play about uh about that was it's pretty bad. Um, but I wrote like a one act play about oh, it's a one person show about like uh the uh Haikiko Mori, the Japanese citizens who like refuse to leave their room. Mm-hmm. And, uh-huh. and but like. Uh, but like, and like, there's this housekeeper that keeps coming in and interrupting. So it's a two-hander. And I named the housekeeper Mrs. Sweetney after Michael Sweetney. Oh. That was a, an homage to Mike. Mike Sweetney, by the way, is now coaching at Yeshiva University in New York and doing quite well. 
I like Mike Sweetney. He, he, he you know, it, who loves a big me, boy? You gotta love a big boy. Look, he up from the Danny Fortson, you know, Gary Trent Senior School of Undersized Rotund Power Forwards. He was a good one. I yeah. love those. The advanced guys. stats loved Mike Sweetney. Yeah, and they played Othello Harrington ahead of him a lot of the time. So what are you gonna do? So, uh, jo- Joey, by the way, uh, that Mark Jackson was actually on the Raptors when that trade. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Sorry. So, so Chris, did he got to Utah later. Yes, no, he, he got was. traded to. De- he got traded from the. He got traded from the Raptors to the Knicks, and then he hooked up with Utah <laughs> after that. Yeah. Uh, Joey, Chris Childs went in that deal and then mm-hmm. like stared at the Knicks bench every time he made a shot. Yeah, throughout he wrecked him in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> it was terrible. Chris Childs was also they signed him. He had half. He was a CBA lifer. Had a half good season with a terrible Nets team, and then the Knicks gave him just a ginormous free agent contract. <laughs> mm-hmm. And by the end of the year, the immortal Charlie Ward was starting over him, and he. Oh. It, it, peeved him to no end that's well, why you got that extension part. baby yeah. listeners you remind you might remember chris childs as a man who fought kobe all right keep going <laughs> uh 2005 another top 10 pick and then the number 30 pick bob do you know who they were yeah they're channing fry and david lee that's yes. a good draft that's a really they good also draft. traded quentin they also tra- they also took on quentin richardson's contract and got nate robinson that year they also then would proceed to get mad at Channing Fry for not being a post player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but there have been a couple of interviews where Channing, where, where both Channing Fry and David Lee have sort of spoken casually about the 2005, 2006 Knicks. <laughs> and, and the way they talk about it is as if they were in NOM. Like, yeah. it was such a, like the horrors that they saw can never be spoken of again, and they still live with post traumatic stress disorder type scars from it. Um, there's a story that at one point during that year, Malik Rose got so mad at Nate Robinson because he wouldn't shut up about something that he threw him in the shower fully clothed. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. then didn't they later then have a naked fight in the shower over yes. gambling debts? Yeah, there yeah. Was. There, was, there was an too. Eastern Promises situation between the two of them. <laughs> That was um, the thing that Don Nelson and checked out coaches. They gave Larry Brown a huge contract. And by 30 games in, he was just done with this. Mm-hmm. And so what he started doing is he would he would change the starting lineup every night if they were playing on a road game that was close to some guy's hometown. Yeah. Classic. So if they were if they were playing the Pistons, Mo Taylor was starting that night because <laughs> He played in Michigan or something like it was a very weird like Larry Brown was utterly checked out and they tried to like fire him for and and not fulfill the terms of the contract by saying he was like that they fired him for cause it was very ugly there was a in fact they they there was a commercial which I've looked for on YouTube and does not exist it was a Spike Lee commercial hyping the next season and the commercial involves Spike Lee with a large life-size cutout of Larry Brown taking him to various New York City locations like a bodega and a diner and mm-hmm. yelling at the cardboard cutout about the Knicks playing defense that year. It's great. That sounds great. That sounds uh, like a commercial I really want to see. I, I, I Look, if any fans of the pod somehow have an old VHS tape or something of this, 
please share it with with us. We would like to. I would like to see it again. They yeah. They eventually turned Channing Fry and Steve Francis into Zach uh, Randolph. Zach Randolph. Uh, There's they, a spot. Uh, speaking of which, the night that they traded, like first of all, that was it. There was the, the one of the Bill Simmons running draft diaries, the eight thousand word. I'm mm-hmm. just typing my thoughts thing, which you mm-hmm. could do in 2008 and get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, like Bill Simmons was telling about the Knicks trade for Zach Randolph that year. He thought it was the bee's knees, um, but they actually caught up with Marbury. And I think it was at the West fourth street courts to tell him about the Zach Randolph trade. Like, again, we're talking pre-social media. So the way that Marbs found out as a reporter, like shoved the camera in his face and they interviewed uh-huh. him about this. And the Marbury quote about that is like, and he's saying, well, now between Zebo and Eddie Curry, we got a front court. We've got a front court with young youthiness. And that was his comment on the, the a Nick's front court that could not defend <laughs> to save it. <laughs> What's the combined time, vertical jump on those two guys, do you think? I, I think it, that was the Scott Skiles quote about Eddie Curry, the famous one. It's like, what does Eddie Curry have to do to his, improve his rebounding? And the answer was jump. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, that was about 600 pounds worth of front court, and they maybe cleared <laughs> one, one phone book between them. There's a great play on the show Zebo. He gets the ball, like, there's a deflection. Zebo gets the ball, like, about 30 feet from the hoop, and he's just, like, staring at it. He holds the ball for 10 seconds, and he just chucks the ball, and it goes over the backcourt. It's a great... Someone made a mix of that to the slow motion, the NBA, it's fantastic videos that we're wearing that year. So good. Yes, that's that's what cost them. People were comparing Channing Fry to Rashid Wallace as rookie year. People were very amped mm-hmm. about Channing Fry. Mm-hmm. And it out turned out Channing Fry was good, just uh, it took about five years to for people to figure out like he didn't he's have a, to play center. <laughs> no, he's a member of the Tall Gunners Guild. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he was a better Matt Bullard. Yeah, what he is. I love Channing Fry. All right. Sean, let's keep it going. Yeah, 2006, they've got two more picks. They're this is 2006 is my favorite Knicks booing draft, I think. That was the year that they picked Ronaldo Balkman, ladies and then, gentlemen. Yeah, is. and they went... The, and followed it up with Marty Collins. Yeah, well, yeah. that was the funny now, thing. He's is, famous for being in the fight, most famous for the fight with yes. Mello, right? Yes. He was, he, they sent Mark. What I say to Thomas, I say Thomas was upset and felt that George Carl was running up the score against his terrible Knicks team. Which he probably and was. So, which he um, probably was. Yeah. And Mello, you know, kind of took it, always got a, enjoyed sticking a knife in the Knicks at that time. So he sent Marty Collins, who really didn't play that much that year, into the game with the express purpose of harming someone. Mm-hmm. And Marty Collins, like, took a shot at Mello on a fast break, and that kicked off this gigantic ball in which the most aggressive person in it was one nate robinson and two jared jeffries and jared jeffries who later did stand-up comedy in portland oregon jared jeffries <laughs> who had a show on i forget what i think like uh, on some obscure cable network that he's got a fishing show ladies and gentlemen mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you can watch people go fishing with jared jeffries <laughs> jared jeffries and let's be clear about this Carmelo Anthony did not want any of that smoke. Yeah, he backs up. He 
he backs up, uh, he runs backwards the entire length of the court faster than he ever had did on, did on defense. There was more foot shuffling. J.R. Jeffries was not doing the fake hold me back thing. Yeah. They ripped his jersey off his body because he was so dead set on getting a piece of mellow. But yeah, the Marty Collins pick, I think, is the funniest pick in Nick's history in that based on uh, MSG reaction because <laughs> they boo the Ronaldo Balkman pick so hard. They're so... Because some of us wanted Rajon Rondo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're so mad at the Ronaldo Balkman pick and then they get the 29th pick and the crowd is so fired up Still mad. to boo He's some more. But... Marty Collins was so not famous when they said his name. It like it was like a collective who from the audience. Uh -huh. It was just like dead I, silent I confusion. Correctly, I think David Stern in fact called him Marty. Collins yeah, he does. And not yeah. Marty Collins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Marty Collins, a six-five guard at a temple mm -hmm. who couldn't, uh, in theory, a point guard except for the shooting. Yeah. Or the dribbling or the passing parts of being a point guard. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, he had length because he was the defense. You can't deny yeah. it. Like a very, a very, a very John Cheney kind of player. There's not a lot of like misses though. There's not like a bunch of guys where you're like, oh, they could have had him. They right. could have had Ray John Rondo. They, they could have had yeah, Ray yeah, John yeah. Rondo. I just mean with Marty Collins, it's like they could have had Paul Millsap or. Hawkman was That's fun. I, 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 I really. <laughs> He went on to have a long career in the Philippines, and he's yeah. got the words "hustle harder" tattooed on the backs <laughs> of his on his calves. Hustle on one calf and uh, harder so, on the other. Uh, Leon Rose was uh, friends with his agent, so apparently this was an Isaiah Thomas gambit that LeBron James would want to play with Ronaldo Balkman. Well, the joke sure. at the time was everyone thought he was drafting Rolando Blackman, a player that he is, played against. Is, yeah, that is what Bill Simmons said yeah. during the draft. Um, <laughs> uh okay so then our next then two good picks uh coming anyway, up just to be just to, just so the viewers can tell i my hands are clear i am not googling this this is all yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. stored in my mind palace forever right. 2007 the 23rd pick in the draft wait who did they pick in 2007 he's a guy who had a pretty long career yeah okay can you give me a, one more hint? Um, he's, he's like in a, a big trade. Yeah, he's in what? a big trade. He one time, uh, his he one time <laughs> almost uh, killed David Lee when uh, he accidentally bit David Lee, and David Lee got an infection so bad he almost died. Mm -hmm. Oh, Wilson Chandler. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 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 Wilson Chandler is a wing out of DePaul. Very solid player. Yeah. Yeah. Really good player. Uh, yeah. uh 2000. Really dirty number... mouth, though. Really dirty yeah, mouth. Yeah. All right. It's like getting bit by a Komodo dragon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 2008, the sixth pick in the draft. Uh, oh, that would be got to know Gallo. Yeah, I like that. I love Gallo. I, I was very worried for a second there this summer when they thought he blew out his mm -hmm. blew out his knee playing in Italy. But apparently he's fine. He'll be with the Celtics. And Gallo immediately got he got a back injury in the summer league and only played 20 games that year. Yeah, um, Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari, part of the combination of players they didn't have to draw, uh, trade to trade sign to get, to get, to get Carmelo Anthony. Anthony. If, if only James Dolan would wait three months. 
Um, I say it's old and couldn't wait. Bees can give you honey, but honey, they can sting you too. Damn it. <laughs> so I um when I would when I would go to New York, I would often stay um very close to my friend had a place that was very close to the New York Italian American Museum that's in it's either in sure. Soho, it might even be in Chinatown technically, which would be well, um, little Italy's right around there. So you know so, yeah. yeah, so I would go there a lot between 2003 and 2015 and that was when Andrea Bargnani was on the Knicks and Gallinari's jersey never left that window. They never <laughs> thought to feature there's, an Italian guy who was still on the team. It was like, nope, we haven't a, taken this down since 2008. I forget which author wrote this, but some while he was still with the Raptors, someone wrote, oh God, who wrote this? It was a, it was a blog in the classical about Andrea Bargnani. And they actually had a, a they somehow had an acquaintance who worked in an authentic Italian restaurant in the town in Toronto that Gallinari would go to. Mm-hmm. And the thought was, oh, not Gallinari, that Bargnani would go. Yeah. That Bargnani would go to. And the thought is, oh, okay, he misses his home and he's going to this legit spot to get some real Italian cooking. And the thing that drove them nuts is that like Bargnani would drink wine with every meal that he ordered there alone, by the way. And but he he never even he never bothered to get anything but just the house red. And it was like an indication of how little he gave a crap about anything. It's like, yeah, whatever swill you got. I don't care about anything. I don't care. Uh, all right. Uh, the next year, not uh, one pick after Steph Curry. Yeah, two thousand nine. The pick was not yeah, Steph Jordan Curry. Hill. It's yeah. Jordan Hill. <laughs> I've got to tell Jordan you, Bob, Hill. as a Warriors fan, that entire yeah. summer, uh, the Warriors were Monte mocked. Ellis was screaming that you better not draft another yeah. dude who even vaguely resembles me. <laughs> and the mm-hmm. Warriors were were mocked in every mock draft to take Jordan Hill. And then when they took Steph Curry, my best friend Elliot and I literally jumped up and down for joy, hugging each other. And it turned (laughs) because it was like the first draft I could ever remember where it was obvious that they didn't screw up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, didn't they didn't they originally when everybody thought Curry would not drop to number seven, weren't they supposed to draft Jordan Hill and trade him for Amari Stoudemire? Yes, they were. Yeah. So this is like a double dose for the Knicks because yeah. they just put Stoudemire on the team. It, it's really one of those. Uh, that's that's when sliding the multiverse. Door, as Bill Simmons would say, that's a sliding right doors situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness moment. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the rumored trade, the Amari trade uh, that they were going to do, and it didn't happen. And I. I think the immortal Steve Kerr was the one who pulled the plug on it. And said, no, 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 it was no. Really? Steve Kerr want Steve Kerr desperately wanted Steph Curry and was like, "Oh, great, we're getting Steph Curry." And then Don Nelson was like, "We're not making that trade. This is the next <laughs> nice. Steve Nash." <laughs> nice, nice. Again, proving our early thesis: Don Nelson is always right. Uh. Then uh, he was, he didn't even make it. A, Jordan Hill did not make no, it. No, they year traded the him to shed cap space because <laughs> they wanted to get Larbon Jam. Uh-huh. Now, granted, Jordan Hill didn't amount to much, but 
I mean, there's a working theory that Steph Curry with his early injury rose, in fact, would have been traded by the Knicks that year to shed cap space, to shed salary cap in order to go after Larbon Jam. So the Knicks yeah. could, mm-hmm. in, in this alternate reality where the Knicks do draft Steph Curry, they trade him anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then don't forget the Warriors actually offered take your pick Steph Curry or Monte Ellis for Andrew Bogut and the Bucks chose Monte Ellis. So, um. <laughs> and, and, and now, and well, look, little did they know that they would be going to, uh, that, that years from now that, that, that Andrew Bogut would, you know, turn them on to Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. 2011, the number 17 pick. Andrew Bogut, I'm back you, coward. <laughs> granted um, i did basically just sit like i called andrew bogut a fascist in print multiple times so i understand why he blocked me uh uh oh yeah he was okay. promoting pizzagate what do you want me to do i have to write about it uh okay 2011 the 17th pick in the draft Oh wow! They, they skipped a couple of years of draft picks there. Uh, yeah, those are some. Uh, those are the, that's the mellow trade, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Half it, almost half these guys, whether they pick that year or not, they end up on the Denver Nuggets. They just eventually, <laughs> everybody gets to the Nuggets eventually. Sooner or later, Gordon Hayward, funnily enough, was like the last piece of the Stephon Marbury trade oh in twenty ten. That's so <laughs> weird. <laughs> Um, in 2016, it was Jakob Purtle was the last uh, thing that they gave away for for Mello. Yeah, the Mello trade it contains multitudes. Uh, 2017, we're already up to. No, 2011. 2011. Oh, 2011. Number no, 17. The 17th pick. Yeah, Mon Shumpert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mon yeah, The show Power was based on his life. <laughs> yeah, he, he tried to he tried to get litigious over that. It wasn't the show. It, was, it wasn't power. It was the other one. Um, Empire. Empire. Yeah. Empire was. Wait, is the, the one? When, power's no, the one on stars. Isn't Empire the one where Terrence Newman has Lou Gehrig's? Terrence uh, Howard. Howard yeah, has Howard. Lou Gehrig's disease. Look. Yeah, that's based on Iman Schumpert's Yeah, because it's rappers. That one's about rappers. Power's about uh, drug dealers. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Power is based on 50 Cent's life, I think. I don't know if you've been keeping up with Terrence Howard's activities. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other world. Mm -hmm. Just Google, like, one time, one plus one does not equal two, and you'll start to learn about where... (laughs) Uh, Terrence Howard believe has some interesting ideas, uh, and they sound like they sound like bad Lex Luthor scripts. Is, <laughs> is basically what they sound like. Um, okay, 2013. I'm going to say this guy is the closest the Knicks came to a rookie extension in this time. The 23rd pick in the 2013 draft. That would be Tim Hardaway Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who was and later so- traded for Harvey Grant's son. The, mm-hmm. yeah. the the not good one and then Jerry um, and Grant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like Jerry and Grant. Uh it didn't work out. They, by the way, the Knicks have signed uh Tim Hardaway Jr. to two identical four year extensions mm-hmm. at various yep. moments. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty It's basically incredible. a rookie extension, trading him and then signing him yeah, to getting, a rookie they, extension. Yeah. Because they kind of extended him at the same time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, then they've got 
2015. Who did I want that year? I was I was mad that year. Like every year, I can tell you more or less who I was mad they didn't take. That year, uh-huh. I wanted them to draft Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock is who mm-hmm. I want them to take. Which, eh, that's like come see, come saw. I think yeah, Tim Hardaway yeah, yeah. Jr. is probably better than Reggie, Reggie Bullock, at least. Uh, Bullock stays yeah. healthy. I think yeah. Be the... yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 2015, this is uh, Phil's Phil's finest moment as that's the next the, coach. That's Number the four year, pick in the draft. That's when they get crap snaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How'd that turn out? You know, you want to talk some sliding doors stuff. <laughs> right before Phil decided like Don Nelson and Larry Brown before him that he had had enough of this this malarkey. He was talking with Danny Ainge about a trade for Chris Stapps. Mm-hmm. The reported offer was the was the uh, was the pick that Boston had just gotten after trading the first after trading mm-hmm. out of the first pick, which became Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Brown mm-hmm. <laughs> for Chris Stapps for Chris Stapps, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, Chris Stapps would have been very popular in the Boston area. Oh, they like uh, everything about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all um, right. In retrospect, that would have been pretty good. There was also talk about a, a similar deal with Phoenix for Devin Booker. In fact, the Knicks actually pulled the plug and fired him in 2017. Mm-hmm. Like five to six days after the draft because he was shopping for Steph. Yeah. And yeah, that yeah. was the year that they took the immortal Frank Milikina. Well, oh, well you of, already, you already well, said it. That's, you that's already uh, said Instead of Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is wild how badly they do drafting between seven and 10. That's not a good place for them. That's yeah. a bad. <laughs> they had some late round guys. Look, they drafted Trevor Reese in the second round. We've already uh-huh. discussed Wilson Chandler. David Lee had an, an excellent NBA career for the 30th pick, and he doesn't even really need to play ball because he can fall back on his millions of dollars in in, in from the coat hanger industry that he stands to inherit. That's mm-hmm. not a joke. David Lee is, in fact. Uh, the 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 heir to a mass coat hanger. Well, fortune. also He's he also works a at a hedge worker. fund now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the way the um, Warriors defy the salary. Yeah, cap. the question is: Somehow, Did Joe Lacob? Becomes... Did Joe Lacob get him that job, or did someone on Wall Street in New York get him that well, job? Who knows? Shares in his coat hanger. Emmanuel, um, not to jump ahead, but Emmanuel quickly looks like a good late round pick. Uh-huh. People love Quentin Grimes when they're picking late in the draft. They do okay. It's that. That, that 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 you're not in the lottery and you're not in the, you're not at the, the that middle to the end of the lottery where things tend to go sideways. For me. And that's why they traded out this year. They looked at history and they, they said, looked this at it and gonna said, go you know what? They're going to punt. We don't want to doom punt. this young man. It was a humanitarian act, actually. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. We've only we only have Frank Frank at number eight. 2018. Kevin Knox at number. Oh, why did I just boy. say it? I just. No, I didn't want to make you it. think about when they passed on when they passed on uh, and the guy who I wanted that year was uh, Mikhail Bridges. That's who I wanted. Oh, well, one pick after, right? And two. Sean and I could have told you we saw Kevin Knox at summer league where he was quote unquote awesome. 
There is a story on the ringer that's like the Knicks have found their next superstar after mm-hmm. the summer league that Kevin knocked. Except put. Sean and I watched all of those games in person, and I looked at him and I was like, "These shots are not sustainable." Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like it was yeah. just very clear these were. It no, was like a, a Lin Stanity style my, hot streak happening in Vegas. My favorite thing about Kevin, there's <laughs> one of the unsolved mysteries is to me is the mystery of Kevin Knox's height. Mm-hmm. Because they drafted him and they're like, okay, he's a six nine wing. Cool, great. One of the first reports that came out that year is is they had someone close to one of Kevin Knox's doctors leak that actually they've looked at you know X rays of his show that like there's still room for growth and he might uh-huh. grow another he might have a late growth spurt and get to be six eleven. Mm-hmm. And we're like, wow, you know, look. If you're talking a 6'11 wing, well, now we're in Kevin Durant territory. Mm-hmm. And the year after that is when they started instituting the no, we're not listing people's fake with shoes on heights. Mm-hmm. We're giving yep. people's actual heights. And Kevin Knox went down to 6'8. And by the time they remeasured him the next year, he was only 6'7. I don't know why, but Kevin Knox has shrunk four inches over his He has his Benjamin face. Button disease. It's the pressure of the big city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually shrunk under pressure. And yeah. then finally, 2019, RJ Barrett. They pick him, Barrett. they keep yeah. him, they extend him. The streak is over. They actually did sign Mitch Robinson, who was technically not a first round pick, yeah. to mm-hmm. an extension before RJ. Um, I like Mitch. Mitch is fun to watch. He's bouncy. He blocks shots. He's he doesn't eat hot dogs at halftime like Nerland's Noel. No, no. It just doesn't seem like the Knicks have done anything crazy. No, in, in a few years now, they signed. Look, Jalen Brunson, I think, is like the 15th highest point guard in the NBA right now. The, you you can have your doubts about what how much better he can get at age 26, being a relatively unathletic, uh, you know, six foot dude um those are all valid concerns yeah but he is the 15th high highest point guard in the nba right now i think that is market rate for a player of his ability you have him through age 29 yeah it doesn't seem like you're no like getting him when he's going to fall off a cliff. but you also had to hire his dad who's rick yeah. jalen brunson who, before he signed with the Knicks, was repped by Leon Rose. Mm-hmm. He is now repped by Leon Rose's son. Mm-hmm. Leon Rose also formerly represented Rick Brunson when he played for the Knicks for a couple of years mm-hmm. because he started just combing the Temple campus and just grabbing every guy he could find. Mm-hmm. From uh, Rick Brunson, bad guy. Let's just say that. Um... Yeah, I, I've heard uh, some, uh, there have been some reports about why he no longer works for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh-huh. Uh, also um, arrested in 2014 for some Deshaun Watson shit. All right. Um, yeah. And it's not like the Knicks have a history of, say, <laughs> defending yeah. people in their employ who were sex pests. Yeah, That's uh, not something mm-hmm. we've Leon, Leon Rose, uh, it was part of an ultimatum. He looked at Jalen Brunson and he was like, you sign with me or else I'm going to sign your dad <laughs> to work for us. <laughs> All right. Um, in uh, fairness, uh, yeah, I mean, he worked for Tibbs in Minnesota, so there's a relationship. He's, uh, you know, he can carry a clipboard. But you know what? I guess now, if you're Jalen Brunson. was acquitted of the charges, however. I will say, I guess if you're Jalen Brunson. I think they didn't fire. I, I don't want to fake news on this. I didn't, didn't, wasn't it dropped? 
don't know if there was an acquittal as much as like they did not go ahead and and then yeah, well, readers, you can Google Rick Brunson and find this stuff out. Anyway, yeah, I, the, the I thing guess... that matters though is when he would book his massages. Uh, do you know what his alias was, Robert? Patrick Ewing. Yeah, that was his alias. Um, I will say if you're Jalen Brunson, at least and you have to choose between the Mavs and the Knicks, at least the sex pest is your dad on one of the teams (laughs) as opposed to the entire organization. Um, (laughs) Getting hot in here. Um, All right. right. (laughs) Can we ask you one final question, Robert? Yeah, sure. Go for it. The rumors keep building that we may be at the end of the James Dolan era, much to the disappointment of sell. younger. The man is going to sell. He is going to sell. I believe. I believe what CNBC has to say. He's going to sell. If you had, a, if you had, a, if you had your yes. dream, who yes. would buy the New York Knicks? So I can't just pick an anonymous hedge fund here or something like that. I have to find a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to be not evil. And I even, I even say, you know what? It can be like a not as rich guy who could maybe bring in some hedge. A figurehead, something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily. It, it, yeah, yeah. That, that's all I'm saying. None. You know what? I want. I, I, I. Let's. I, my choice would be that I will sacrifice a productive Knicks team, and I say, let's get Elon Musk involved, man. <laughs> he's got some cash freed up now that uh-huh. the Twitter deal isn't going to go down. Let's have Elon buy the Knicks. See, I was going to say you should have one of Elon Musk's illegitimate children by the Knicks. Uh Another fail son. Get get another fail son in there. Have Grimes by the Knicks Mm -hmm. so that she can root for Quentin Grimes. Could the Wilbons buy the Knicks? No. They're they're too poor. No. Steve Cohen could. Steve Cohen still... He could sell a Giacometti or two and he could afford the Uh Knicks. Here's who I think should own the Knicks. Are you ready? Is it too yeah. trumpet? Okay. No, it's Blue <laughs> Ivy. I think Blue oh. Ivy should buy the Knicks. Uh, uh, Jay Z and Beyonce's his child. Yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. Didn't he? Didn't he say she could um, play with some fancy painting in his house? Yeah, and one of those songs he gives her a, a Rothko, I believe. Um, Sell that Rothko, Blue Ivy. Yeah. Get the controlling <laughs> interest in the New York Knicks. Child owner. Yes. Of the Knicks. Funny fun fact, the snooty socialist summer camp that I attended as a youth. <laughs> fun fact. Um was it was going through some financial difficulty, made worse by COVID, et cetera, et cetera. There were thoughts that it would kind of shut down. This is I I joke that it's a snooty socialist summer camp, which it is, but it's a it's a really wonderful institution. It's like a 21-year-old wealthy, like some some scion of, of of the oligarchy bought it, and and they're doing a wonderful job. But it still just floored me that the person who owns this summer camp is is a twenty one year old person. It's bizarre. <laughs> maybe maybe they can buy the Knicks too. Maybe they, granted, I realize socialism is a little cheaper than professional basketball, but I'll I'll, I'll reach out. Well, Bobby, thank you for coming on. My pleasure. Is guys. there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I got a story out in the Daily Beast. Came out uh, uh, early Monday morning mm-hmm. uh, about uh, noted uh, Beanie Haver and YouTuber Tim Pool and his, his band his website. His band, which he also Tim Pool, who goes by the handle Timcast uh-huh. on Twitter, and he made, and he founded a record company to sign all the all the people who've been canceled and mm-hmm. and 
and all the free thinkers, which is called Timcast Records. Mm-hmm. And his band is called Timcast. Yeah. Uh, we'll have you on soon to listen to that record. Um... <laughs> <laughs> there are only two, there are only, there's only two songs that they've released. And uh, I've listened to them both already. So that's, uh, uh-huh. in any case, it's about how, it's not about his, 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 his sort of very sort of uh, grim mid 2000s quasi emo core rock, but it's about, he's got a website. He does fluff interviews with white nationalists and the thing is jam packed with plagiarism. So <laughs> if you want to give that a read. And, and, it's, it's, and it's, his it's band like, essentially plagiarizes like breaking Benjamin or uh, one of yeah. those terrible bands. He, does, he did get Pete Parada the former drummer for the offspring mm-hmm. who got kicked out of the offspring because he wouldn't get vaccinated. And now he's playing in the band Timcast. Imagine being in the offspring where you're in a band with literally two doctors and refusing to get uh, vaccinated. Also two doctors wrote, um, <laughs> my friends got, my friends got a girlfriend and he hates that bitch. Um, yeah. Yeah, why don't you get a world. job as a neurosurgeon, Joey? <laughs> what what a world. He's got to come out and play. Nah, 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 nah. All right, that's enough of that. Uh, thank you, Bob. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. All right, thank you, Bob. Thank you, Greg. That's our episode. Oh yeah, well, I think we. I think he didn't plug it, but he's Bob Sayetta. Oh on, yeah, we didn't Twitter. ask him to do it. Spell that out for him. B o b s a i e t t a. So many bylines. Mm-hmm. So many bylines. Um, and Sean, it's plug time. I plugged it at the top. Start plugging your plugs at the okay. bottom here. Okay, here we go. Um, I was on the Daily Zeitgeist. Uh, that episode is on. It's the newest one when this comes out. Um, but yesterday, um, I have an album coming out on Blonde Medicine Records. You can see me live in Elk Grove a suburb of Sacramento at Comedy Under the Stars on September 16th. And I've been writing a bunch of stuff at Golden State of Mind, including about the Donovan Mitchell trade and the eight most losable games on the Warriors roster. Some people write about, you know, the good games coming up. Mm -hmm. I tried to pick up the ones where the Warriors are not going to give a shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where five days ago I tweeted, I'm currently in New Jersey and I just had the thought of how much California sucks. Now that's bad. Don't even understand that tweet. Sean, did you write a song? <laughs> I did. Uh, this is, I know I say that sometimes. This one's pretty stupid. Mm-hmm. It's called, um, it's called Rudy Starbust and the Spider from Mars. Great. Um, that's playing under us. Trust the process. Uh, and shut it down. Let's all just go eat some Chipotle, Danny Ainge. <laughs> Rudy played the pivot, jams and lobs from Ricky Rubio, and Spider played gone. He defended the rim, but he couldn't range far. Spider was not his fan, refused to play man to man. 
really, really pouted. Cried he was not an all-star. Like some kid from Italy, he would lick all the mics. He infected the team. Get the leak, COVID-19. French people hate hygiene. So it soured with spider. Stats, screen assist, or analytics voodoo. David Locke loves his eyes. He was a jerk. Did all the defensive work. He won DPOY. But the Jazz hated that guy. Making craps in a parade. They had to send this dude out of town. Just a total pariah Then the old Chipotle man Decided to break up the team Oh yeah What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.